Hello and welcome to this edition of Wineskins. I'm Father Jim Corda. Wineskins is a program that features reflections on the lives of the saints and the sacred scriptures, along with a variety of issues and topics, all from a Catholic perspective. Wineskins is brought to you through the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of St. Paul. On our program today, I will interview Dr. George Bielan. We will also hear more information on St. Polycarp, and today, as the Church celebrates the first Sunday of Lent, we will get a deeper insight into those particular Sunday readings. That and more on Wineskins. Catholic Charities is an important part of the life of the Church and her members. To share with us an important issue is R.J. Mangan. With me now is R.J. Mangan, who is the Director of the Office of Peace and Justice for Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Youngstown. Welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. Father Gordon, always good to be here. You know, this month there's a lot going on. There is a lot that's been going on, and as we look forward throughout this 2024, there's a lot happening in the area of peace and justice. We find ourselves now in Black History Month. Why is that significant for your Department of Peace and Justice? Well, for the Department of Peace and Justice particularly, it's incredibly important because it offers us an opportunity to, you know, kind of focus in on, particularly for me, the issue of racism, diversity, and inclusion, Mm -hmm. something that we in this country are still working on. And I think, you know, across the world, that's something that's being improved upon at a constant pace. But particularly, I think the history of black Americans has been so inspiring in terms of political dialogue and how we approach our conversations about the systems that exist in our nation and how we interact with one another just from a fundamental level. I'd like to go back to something you said, and that's having conversations. You know, it's important for us as, I think, people of faith but human beings to have conversations with one another, to be open to another's opinion, to be open to those virtues of peace and justice that really should motivate us and move us forward. Why is it important for us to have those conversations with other people? It's absolutely important for us to have those conversations with other people. And no matter how difficult they might be, especially for particular issues, there's so many you could list off of nowadays, but it's so important to have those conversations and to open up that dialogue because it builds the bridges of community. Mm-hmm. It reminds each one of us that fundamentally we're all human. There's a fundamental goodness in each and every one of us and really kind of building up the capability of people to interact in such a way as for the good of the other, to see that we're not enemies, all of us, either in this country or just even in a local region. Really the best solution is the one that we work on together, not the one that we and try to impose on one another. And of course, uh, for centuries, the church has taught the importance of peace and justice and equality. What does the Holy Father say more recently about peace and justice issues? Uh, Particularly, I mean, Fratelli Tutti, his most recent encyclical, he specifically talks about the need for social love, for Mm -hmm. charity that goes beyond the individual, but charity that reaches the universal, particularly looking at things such as war and the death penalty. I mean, looking at things like what's happening in the war in Ukraine, you know, what's happening in the Israel-Palestine situation right now. And actually, even just here at home, we all have a fundamental call to become engaged with these issues, because if we don't do it, nobody else will. Well, and I think that's an important issue, because oftentimes we talk about peace and justice. We talk about it, but we don't do 
things about it. And so it's important for us to put those words into action. And I kind of hearken back to Jesus's words in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You know, what more of a call is there than to be meek in the area of peace and justice? Why is it important for us to go back to the words and the life of, the, of Jesus himself to find those virtues. Well, absolutely. It's kind of funny. One could say, you know, that the gospel is itself in so many ways encapsulated in that idea of encounter. Mm. Jesus sat and ate with tax collectors, with mm-hmm. prostitutes, with mm-hmm. lepers, with people who were outcast from society for one reason or another. And he never took the easy way out when it came to mm. um, addressing the social situation of his own day. Mm. To be meek and to be humble is not the same thing is to be weak-willed or to be silent in the face of evil, wherever that may arise. If the folks that are with us would like some more information on what they can do personally as a Catholic Christian to uh, further the cause of peace and justice in our midst, what do they do? I mean, of course, you have the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Those come to hand immediately, provided to us from, you know, Matthew 25. You have, you know, visiting the sick and the imprisoned. And And it's interesting because really the work of peace and justice is a work of charity. It's a work of love for the other. That is how we build up, you know, a just society, society based on love for one another, is by reaching out to those who could be on the margins, by listening, by looking at, by seeing, by truly engaging with, and I guess partnering with other people around us to not allow ourselves to become isolated in what is nowadays so easy to get caught up in the storm of different opinions, but always to remember the most important person is the person who's directly in front of you at the current moment. R.J. Mangan, uh, words of wisdom, I appreciate it very much. Director of the Office of Peace and Justice for Catholic Charities here in the diocese. Thank you for your work and continued blessings in this year of grace, 2024. Thank you so much, Father Corda. Same to you and for all the great work that you've done. <laughs> for Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. St. Polycarp was the Bishop of Smyrna. To tell us more is Lou Jack Kay. He is from St. Brendan Church in Youngstown. The date for this feast, mentioned in the letter from the Church of Smyrna and inscribed in the Martyrology of Nicodemia in 361, is celebrated by the Syrians, the Byzantines, and the Copts. In the Western Church, his cult goes back to the 6th century and became widely diffused in the 13th century. His feast was previously celebrated on January 26th. Polycarp, Bishop of Smyrna, was born of Christian parents sometime between the years 75 and 80. According to St. Irenaeus, in his preaching he constantly referred to the teaching of St. John the Evangelist and the other eyewitnesses of the life of Christ. He's therefore linked with the Church of the Apostolic Times. When Ignatius was on his way to Rome, where he suffered martyrdom, He met Polycarp and entrusted to him the care of the church at Antioch because he considered Polycarp to be an apostolic man and a true pastor. The only other detail we know about St. Polycarp before his martyrdom is that he visited Rome in order to discuss the problem of the date for Easter with Pope Anicetus. Since they could reach no agreement, the Pope decided to let matters stand as they were. Polycarp's letter to the Philippians was so excellent that it was read publicly in churches in the time of St. Jerome. Polycarp's martyrdom is usually dated in the year 155, although some have given the year 167. 
The opening prayer of the Mass is based on Polycarp's prayer at the site of his martyrdom, and it reveals two traits of this saintly vision. First of all, he was a witness to the faith by his martyrdom. Secondly, he was a perfect imitator of the divine victim who drank the cup of suffering during his passion. The details of the martyrdom in the Office of Readings show that St. Polycarp imitated Christ to the very end. The prayer of the saintly bishop has all the solemnity of a preface of the Mass. It is a Eucharistic prayer in the sense of a thanksgiving prayer. Lord, Almighty God, Father of your beloved and blessed Son, Jesus Christ, through whom we have come to the knowledge of yourself, God of angels and powers of all creation, of all the race of the saints who live in your sight, I bless you for judging me worthy of this day, this hour, so that in the company of the martyrs I may share the cup of Christ, your anointed one, and so rise again to eternal life in soul and body, immortal to the power of the Holy Spirit. God of all creation, you gave your Bishop Polycarp the privilege of being counted among the saints who gave their lives in faithful witness to the gospel. May his prayers give us the courage to share with him the cup of suffering and to rise to eternal glory. For Wineskins, I'm Lou Jack Hay. Joining me again is Dr. George Bielan, who is a retired history professor at Youngstown State University and author of uh, 30 Years of the Ohio Cultural Alliance, Understanding and Hope Through Local Engagement, Genius Knows No Boundaries. Welcome back to our show. Good to be back, Father. What I loved about the detailed summary of these 30 years in your book is that I related to a lot of the people that were there. I've known a lot of the people. I understand their backgrounds, their stories. But what a wonderful opportunity for someone to take this. And it's kind of a a nostalgic thing as well. Kind of goes back and it tells some of the triumphs, some of the, the wonderful opportunities that the Ohio Cultural Alliance provided to the community. As you look back on 30 years, and especially as a historian, what are some of the things that stand out as highlights in this book. The fact that all cultures have more in common than they have things that are not, that are different. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, refreshing. Not all of us believe that. Mm-hmm. So we had an opportunity then to explore not only cultures that we knew about, knew plenty about, mm-hmm. but those that we didn't know about. Yeah. And among other things, we were given hope. We had more understanding mm-hmm. about the other cultures, and we had hope. In some of the churches, for example, uh, we met basically at temple, at a mosque, uh, at a Catholic church, Protestant church, Jewish synagogue, mm-hmm. and it was just some had never been to any of right. us other right. than maybe their own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They'd never been into a confessional, for example, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. Catholic church. Yeah. So we were learning about each other, and it gives us hope then that maybe not all is lost since we're not that much different from others. You know, that element of hope is so crucial, I think, in the world today. It's interesting, I was doing some reading on next year's Jubilee year in Vatican City for the Catholics. Is 2024 is a Jubilee year, and I think it's the 27th Jubilee in the history of the church. You know, so every 25 years, the church celebrates forgiveness, it celebrates reparation, it celebrates atonement. And these are all things that are really important to who we are, not only as Christians, but I think as human beings. You know, there's certain elements that we all need to embody. And and as you get in touch with other cultures and other peoples, 
it's not only eye-opening, but also it's refreshing mm -hmm. to know that there's people that might be of a different faith, that share the same values that I do. Why is it important to look at our things that bring us together and not those that tear us apart? Not to denigrate any other countries, right. but ours is right. special in the sense that mm -hmm. we are an amalgam of all peoples. Mm -hmm. Some uh, historian once said to Tocqueville, as a matter of fact, that uh, we became a new race. As people came here, they wanted to come here, yeah. or they were urged to come here. We wanted them to come. Mm -hmm. It was a push and pull. And we became something special as we became an American. Yeah. Some have said we're the great melting pot. Mm -hmm. Some have said we're a new wave of stars. Jesse Jackson said we're a new quilt. All of those mean something in the sense that we became Americans. What's interesting as you were talking, what comes to mind is that my own grandparents, both on my mother's side and my father's side. My mother's parents came from Italy on the boat. My father's parents came from Czechoslovakia. And when they came, they were coming to a new world. They spoke their language, their native language in the home, but they taught their children to speak English. And so there was a sense that they weren't abandoning their culture, but they were coming to a new culture. And that whole sense of immigration is really kind of in the forefront. Yeah. What does that tell you about it all? Again, that we are special. As the various waves of immigrants came here, beginning with a wave of the English and then the Scotch and the Dutch, then the wave of Irish and Germans, and then the great wave of 1890 to 1924, mm. immigrants from Southern and Eastern Europe. And each group, while they were urged to come here, mm. they had some repercussions, too, when they sure. were here. They had some difficulties, mm -hmm. every, every group. But ultimately, they became accepted, and we became the one America. You know, it's interesting, in many cities, major cities around the country, they created enclaves of different mm. cultures. There was an Italian group. There were Irish settlements. There were Germans. It started so that way. It yes. started that way. You went with people that you knew, mm -hmm. and it was based mm -hmm. upon the ethnic background. But then as they became involved in all kinds of activity, all kinds mm -hmm. of economic activity, mm -hmm. their movements were based upon their economic situation. Sure. So no longer just mm -hmm. ethnic. Mm -hmm. And let's bring that a step further about the church. You know, the church, we had ethnic enclaves, especially here in our diocese in the Mahoning Valley. That's changed dramatically. What does the Ohio Cultural Alliance do to kind of hold on to some of that, but to understand that this is different? And I'll just talk about two topics very briefly. One of our topics, probably our 27th or 28th year, was cultures lost and retained. Mm. So we had people talk about what has been lost, mm -hmm. what has been retained. Mm -hmm. In our very last year of our 30 years, we were asked by the Council of Churches if we would help celebrate their 100th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And our theme was Faith in the Valley. Sure. So we talked about the various faiths specifically and some of the faiths in general. That was an interesting way to end our first 30 years. What would you like to tell the folks that are with us about your book if they're interested in getting a copy? If they're interested, and I hope they are, it does bring hope. These are positive attributes that we ta we're talking about. People who are successful in our society, they have a message. 
it's good to hear that message because it's good news. And that's one of the ways we're talking about the book, too. As an antidote to some of the bad news we have today, here's some good news, and it's real. It's not naivete. It certainly is, Dr. Bielan. Good news of 30 years of Ohio Cultural Alliance. Genius knows no boundaries. Thank you so much for your presence on our show, and we wish you well and Godspeed, and thank you for bringing people together. Thank you so much, Father. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. For more pertinent information and to listen to Wineskins, visit catholicecho.org. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Did you know that the Catholic Echo magazine is delivered 10 times per year to 52,000 Catholic households in Northeast Ohio? That is more than 150,000 people. And the Catholic Echo website, catholicecho.org, has been averaging 30,000 views per month since it launched in February 2023. Advertise your business, special event, or service with the Catholic Echo in print or online. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. Advertising discounts are available for Catholic institutions, as well as for businesses that commit to five or ten issues in a year. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. Or visit the Advertising tab at catholicecho.org for more information. By the time we can walk, each of us yearns for the joy that comes from being able to do for ourselves. Church World Service believes that being self-reliant is a joy everyone should share. So around the block or around the world, share the joy. Church World Service. They say America is the land of opportunity, a place where children can grow up and become anything they want. But for some children, America isn't the land of promise. It's a place where every day is a struggle. Because today in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. For these children, living in poverty means going without, going without medicine, going without food, going without a warm home or even a roof over your head. And that's life for nearly 13 million children of all races all across America. Where will you draw the line and get involved you can help these children and their families find a way out of poverty for good. And you can make a difference in more ways than you think. Will you help? Go to PovertyUSA.org today. Because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. Our song today is from the CD called Thank You, Lord. It is by Gregory Koleski. Many dreams are broken as the world spins us around. We get upset when we find there's not enough peace and love to be found. But you provide the shelter that coaxes us along, helping us through it, letting us do it, making us strong. Counting them is an impossibility. 
Thank you for dying for me And by your grace I'm aiming Aiming for eternity I can feel the Holy Spirit Stirring within me It's ever constant presence So exceedingly There is no greater peace That this life can give Lord, I choose you this day It's the only way to celebrate the first Sunday of Lent, we will hear more about the sacred scriptures by Deacon Mike Kajancic. He is from St. Charles Church in Boardman. I taught for 30 years, and I can't begin to tell you how many times in a conference I heard the remark, give me another chance. We were there to discuss low grades, poor performance, acting out in class, and they would inevitably beg me to let them try again, to wipe the slate clean with a promise to do better. 
Even among my own sons, I don't remember the number of times they asked for another chance, and I would give it to them. I mention this because Lent is like getting another chance from God who is merciful, who is slow to anger and rich in kindness. Each year, we desire to do better, and so we enter this time of conversion and purification, hoping to have our sinful slate wiped clean. The commands to do better are really quite simple. Show repentance with the outward signs of prayer, fasting, and giving alms. For no matter how far we've strayed, we'll always get that second chance. In Genesis, throughout eight short verses, we hear the word covenant used five times. And perhaps that should be the theme each Lent, renew the covenant. We must remember that a covenant is different from a promise. One person makes a promise. Two or more make a covenant, a solemn ritual agreement spelling out exactly what each party involved is to do for the others. God made a covenant with Noah, his family, and with all the people that God will always be there for us. I will be your God, and you will be my people. Believe and obey. So how do we live out our part of the covenant? We pray, we fast, we give alms, and not just for 40 days. God is always there, and we should live always as a child of God. In today's gospel reading, immediately after his baptism, Jesus goes to the desert and is tempted by Satan, but Jesus emerges victorious. This should serve as a call to us to renew fidelity to the covenant. And we do this by changing our lives from the inside out, by upsetting our priorities and values, believing in the gospel, and hanging on to what really matters. We take advantage of yet another chance God has gives us to get it right, to live as his child. In the first reading today, we hear about an earlier covenant made between God and Noah. And in this covenant, God gives a sign, as scripture says, a bow, to show his part of the covenant. And when we see a rainbow today, that should serve as a reminder of this, that God is ours, we are the children of God. And if we follow God's rainbow, we won't find a pot of gold as legend tells us. Instead, we will find our God, as scripture tells us. For Wineskins, I'm Deacon Mike Kojancic. God is with us, just as surely as he was with Jesus in the wilderness. All we need to do is cultivate an awareness of his presence and learn to depend on him. Then and only then will we find the strength to come to grips with our own lives. Wineskins is a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. It is brought to you by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda, wishing you a beautiful week and a prayerful Lenten season. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I thought I love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I bought her an orchid. What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email. I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Make a change for the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. They say America is the land of opportunity. 
But for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to povertyusa.org today because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development.